I will uh, call to order the City of Palm Coast uh, City Council Special Workshop. It is uh, 9.13 on Tuesday, August the 24th here in City Hall. So we'll dispense with the Pledge of Allegiance. We just uh, covered the pledge in the prior meeting. And we'll go to roll call, please. Absolutely. Mayor Alfin? Present. Vice Mayor Bronchino? Right here. Council Member Barbosa? Here. Council Member Danko? Here. Council Member Klufus? Present. All members are present. Very good. Thank you. Uh, we will move. Let's see. Mayor, we should also let the record reflect that Council Member Danko is appearing virtually again. So. I will ask the city uh, council members um, for a, uh, a consensus on having Mr. Danko appear by Zoom and the ability, well, we're not voting in a workshop, but uh, appearing by Zoom. Everyone okay with that? Absolutely. Very good. Yes, we're all in favor of that. Thank you. Now, do we have a, a public comment before the workshop? No, sir, it is a special workshop, so it is workshop only is um, what is on the agenda, which is the budget. Very good. I ask your uh, forgiveness this morning. We have new masks. I'm very proud of them. The city of Palm Coast is uh, emblazoned on them, but they're uh, interfering with the fog up of my glasses. So I'll have to work back and forth here. So we'll move right on to the uh, presentations. Um, presentation by staff, if you would be so kind. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Mayor and City Council. We are here to present to you the final proposed budget for fiscal year 2022. This has been a long journey. We've held numerous budget presentations and workshops, and we are glad to be preparing for your first public hearing September 9th at 5.30 p.m. here at City Hall, where you will be approving the fiscal year 2021 revised budget, as well as the tentative millage and the fiscal year 2022 budget. This is a big picture of all fund expenditures. You can see that the total for all funds is approximately 247.7 million. This represents an increase of 15.6% from your fiscal year 2021 adopted budget. The bulk of the increase, 28 million or 13%, is accounted for by four funds, utility capital, stormwater, Recreation Impact Fee, and the American Rescue Plan Act Fund. We will review in further detail as we move forward with the presentation. Helena will now start with the general fund. Thank you. Good morning, Mayor, City Council. Uh, this is an overview of general fund positions. Currently, we have three, 239 positions. We are requesting an increase of 7.1 to 246. The total increase is 12 full-time new staff positions and two part-time seasonal positions for fiscal year 2022. We will review in detail as we go through each division. However, there were no changes from your last presentation. This is a big picture look at general fund revenues, overall change of $2 million. As council can see, ad valorem is the largest 
revenue source for the general fund. The city's assessed value has increased by 10.22%, with approximately 4.37% attributable to new construction. Assuming the same millage rate from last year of 0.6989, we would generate an additional $2.8 million in ad valorem revenues. The half cent sales tax is projected to increase to 3.3 million. Um, it's a significant increase from fiscal year 2021 adopted budget because the city was conservative when creating that budget due to COVID financial uncertainties. But when we compare it to fiscal year 2019, uh, the budget for that revenue was uh, 3 million five. The increase is moderate. So the revenue has grown approximately 250,000 in two fiscal years. Uh, similar scenario with the state revenue sharing. The increase for this year is 400,000. It's also significant when compared to 21. However, it was budgeted the same way due to COVID uncertainties. When we compare it to fiscal year 2019, it was at 1.1 million. So the increase is approximately 300,000 for two fiscal years. The uh, communication services tax. Uh, the estimates were released by the state last week. They're not reflected on the above, but the projected increase will be just around the $200,000 mark. Uh, the other significant change is in fund balance appropriation, as we are not carrying the MedNEX initiative to fiscal year 2022, as was mentioned in previous presentations. We will now proceed to general fund expenditures. As you can see, we have a total increase of 4.7%. Council has received the detailed budget worksheets that support these numbers, and the same worksheets were placed on the city's website for the public. The administrative services budgets are increasing by 8%. This includes city council, city manager, city clerk, city attorney, communications, economic development, human resources, and financial services. There is an increase of 1.5 FTEs in these departments, one uh, benefit specialist for human resources, one finance technician for financial services, and the transfer of uh, half of a staff assistant to the IT operations fund. Construction management budget is increasing by 21.9%, and that's mainly due to a new position requested for a senior project manager. Planning and code enforcement budgets are increasing by 6.1, mainly due to a request for a new planning technician to meet the level of service and regular operating increases. The fire department's budget is increasing by 10.4%, mainly due to uh, three new FTE positions and the equipment needs. The Flagler County Sheriff's Office contract for enhanced law enforcement services is increasing by 30.8%, mainly due to the increase of six new deputies and a contractual increase of 3.5% to the contract as a whole. The Parks and Recreation and Parks Maintenance budget is increasing by 17.3%, due to adding two new FTEs, a maintenance worker and an equipment operator too for the parks maintenance division. And there's also the addition of the fleet and IT equipment for these positions. 
Parks General is adding a seasonal part-time recreation leader and additional youth programs. And the Palm Harbor Golf Club is requesting a recreational specialist as well as seasonal part-time cart attendant hours. The balance of the increase is attributable to regular operating increases. The Public Works Streets Maintenance Budget has a decrease while they're requesting two new FTEs, a signal technician and a maintenance technician. We're moving seven FTEs for facilities mowing to the Internal Services Facilities Fund that we will cover uh, later on this morning. The non-departmental budget decrease is due mainly to the completion of the uh, MedNex initiatives that will not be carrying into fiscal year 2022. We are requesting a contingency of 650,000 for the purpose of handling fluctuations in revenues and expenditures. And we're also proposing the transfer of 550,000 to the Streets Improvement Fund to help with the shortage in the pavement program. In fiscal year 2021 estimated, we are proposing a transfer to the IT Operations Fund to fund critical uh, upgrades to the current ERP in, in the amount of 550,000. Take any questions from council on the general fund at this point? Any questions from council at this time? Uh, the, the Sheriff's Department, uh, how do we get to the number six? I, I believe they asked for 10. Yes, the original request from the Sheriff's Office was for 10 deputies. Uh, the numbers that are provided today include the six deputies. Uh, the additional four would be, I believe, 456,000. Is the, is the six going to be enough for the Sheriff's Department? I also have a, a comment. I wasn't sure whether the budget would be the appropriate time, but I think the new deputies that we're getting and the new equipment and such, I think it warrants a conversation between uh, the municipality and the sheriff's office. Perhaps there's a way to differentiate the new vehicles that are being put into the fleet uh, so that, you know, I'm being asked to defend the increase in our sheriff's office budget. And it's, you know, A, I would love a, a compiled list of ways that we're working together to save money, but B, the new equipment that we're going to be dedicating to Palm Coast perhaps can be branded a bit different so that the taxpayers can see where their, their money is going. And then maybe perhaps into the future, when the public works facility has been expanded and is as great as we're hoping that it's going to be, perhaps we even talk about bringing those vehicles into our fleet maintenance program. Um, I think that's a conversation for a separate day, but I figured I would put it out there. I have no comments at this time. I, I do have a comment. Um, uh, Councilman Barbosa, you, you bring up a good question. The, the number six that um, we're talking about here, was that developed arithmetically by your finance department? How, how did you actually come up with that number? Uh, so we were uh, waiting for the uh, state estimates to come in for our revenues to determine what we'd be able to accommodate. So uh, when the uh, state released the revenues and you saw the increases that went over a little bit earlier on the uh, sales tax and the uh, state revenue sharing, we basically took those amounts and you know calculated how much we could basically afford for those revenues. So this is an arithmetic exercise taking a, a gross number that you got your input and dividing it into whatever number of, of, of deputies that might equal. 
Yes. Ba basically, okay. Yes. And, and that's the, the highest increase, I, I believe, right? The 38%? At 30.8%, yeah, we can go back to the uh, slide summary there. Yes, as you can see, um, for the general fund for this year, that is our uh, largest increase by percentage and also by dollar, 1.2. And you mentioned, and I, I couldn't quite hear it clearly, there was an increase of $200,000 on new numbers that you had received, if I'm not mistaken, was it from yes, the state? Yes, that is correct. Could you just uh, clarify that for me? I couldn't hear it clearly. So the communication services tax this year, the release of those uh, estimates from the state was delayed. Uh, they are not reflected in the numbers above because we received it after we completed and did our checks and balances, and the increase is approximately $200,000. So, so, and the question I would add on, so we are uh, pretty far down the road with the budget process, not quite to the end yet, but are there any other numbers or um, revenues that we still need to confirm that we're waiting on any additional information? Do you feel, or do you feel comfortable that this is? That was our last state estimate. However, the state does revise their estimates also. I'm not expecting any, but you know, we never know if they come back and revise. And the reason I ask, it's been such a difficult you know, past year that, um, but you don't. I don't anticipate anything at this point. Okay, all right, good enough. If you would continue. Okay, thank you. Uh, Gwen, we'll go over your proprietary fund operating budgets. <clears throat> okay, this is an overview of the FTEs for our water and wastewater fund. Um, there are 146 FTE positions, and they're requesting seven new positions for a total of 153 FTEs for fiscal year 2022. Steve Flanagan reviewed the position request in great detail with Council at the July 27th workshop. We have since added two additional requests, one for water distribution and one for wastewater collection in order to accommodate current operational needs. Stormwater currently has 48 FTEs and are requesting five new positions for a total of 53 for fiscal year 2022. The building department, the only change is the split in the code enforcement supervisor from 50 to 65%. And Information Technology Enterprise Fund has one FTE and is not requesting any additional position changes in fiscal year 2022. There have been no changes in these requests from your July 27th presentation. <clears throat> this is a summary of the water and wastewater utility operating revenues and expenditures. The total estimate increase is 5%. The increase in revenue is due mainly to the increases in estimated accounts due to growth and the annual index of rates as, appropriate, as approved by council resolution. As far as the fund balance appropriation for fiscal year 2021, the estimated budget accounts for the transfer to capital projects fund for the portion allocated to the public works fleet facility. There is no fund balance appropriation requested for fiscal year 2022. 
the administrative services departments, including customer service, utility finance, administration, and construction management, are increasing by 580,000. This is mainly due to, new, to two new position requests and the IT allocation previously accounted for in non-departmental, as we discussed in our previous budget workshops. The non-departmental budget decreased in operating expenses is mainly due to the transfer again of the IT allocation to the division budgets. Water and wastewater division increases are due mainly to growth-related demands, as well as five new position requests and regular operating increases. Steve Flanagan is available to answer any questions council may have. He reviewed in great detail, again, the nature of these changes during the July 27th workshop. Since the July workshop, we've closed the series 2021 advanced refunding of the series 2013 bonds. The expected annual savings is approximately 489,000. The savings allowed for those two additional positions requested, as well as additional operating supply dollars to be used by the water and wastewater divisions. We will now take a look at the stormwater budget. The revenue budget includes the increases as approved by council resolution based on the rate study. It also includes a new loan in the amount of $8 million for capital construction as outlined by the rate study for the implementation of the Enhanced Stormwater Program. Carl Cody will be joining us during the CIP portion of the presentation and will be able to answer any council questions. The operating portion is increasing due to the request of the five new positions and regular operating increases. The building fund is increasing by 8%. There are no new position requests, just an allocation change for the code supervisor. Council approved the rate changes in July. These projections are reflected in the rate. The building permit fees were reduced to zero to absorb excess fund balance as per state statute requirements. The rates have since been resumed. Jason DiLorenzo is available for council questions as well. The IT Enterprise Fund for fiber. Let, let me just stop you there for a minute. You're, yes. you're introducing staff available for questions. Before we get too far, while we have staff, are there questions, any specific or detailed questions? <coughs> yes, uh, the stormwater. Um, uh, you're, you're adding five men? for the stormwater? Correct. Um, is that going to give you enough men for the two crews that you said you were going to add? No. Um, th those five people, two of them are associated with the swell work. Uh, we looked at operations and <coughs> tried to uh, analyze how we can make it more efficient. So we have two crews, and these two men will be split, and we'll do a lot of the pre-work prepping for the swales, so we can it will help expedite how much swell work we get done with the current crews we have. Um, adding additional crews, we have dollars in the budget to do a rate study, and as part of that, we had done some high-level numbers, but to do uh, an, uh, an analysis like that, we'd have to get a rate consultant on board to project out the ana analyzing um, 
the cost of the equipment and prorating it over time and the expenses. So we'd have to, we're gonna include it as part of our rate analysis update in the budget in the coming year and come back to council with those findings. How many men are in each uh, crew? Six. Six. Six men in each crew. So you Plus they have a supervisor over the two, two crews. So you're gonna have only the same two <coughs> crews? Well, currently we have only the same two crews. We'll add two men to help address work order citizen calls. They're gonna help with some of the screening of the dirt operations and they're gonna also prep and get ahead of the swale crews so when they show up on site, they can get to work. They won't, all that, that pre-work will already be done for them. You have enough money for a study. Yes, we have dollars in the budget to do a study in the upcoming budget. But yes. we, do, we do not have money for the next, for the two, 12 extra guys that would come up with it. No, as part of the, the rate increase, the last study that was done didn't account for adding that much staff and equipment in, okay. in the permanent I just wanted rates. to know that because some of us wanted to roll back. And are we going to roll back and give you more? So, it's all right. That, that was my question. Thank you. It's a different fund. Oh, wait, uh, Mr. Cole, I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Glyphus, any question? No, so, I don't. Just uh, a, a comment. Am I correct that adding another crew is not the only way to expedite, facilitate, facilitate or shorten the timeline for swale maintenance? You have some other initiatives underway that will help you pinpoint where the areas are. You mentioned prepping them before. So you are working on a process to further streamline your, your, your workflow. Is that correct? Correct. We, we've been using the data in the work orders that of all the areas that work needs to be completed and um, creating a heat map either based on age and or severity of the issue or concern. So we can focus more on getting to the higher priority items. Because um, we, we do have a lot of work orders on the books and we're trying to prioritize what we have work to do currently. So do you feel that you're, you're going to work on the new process before you consider adding more people to the project so that they would be more efficient? Is that, is that well said? Yes, that's what we've worked on over the past year. So we're, we're in the new budget, yes, when we move forward in the coming year, we should be able to be implementing that new process. Um, it, it may not allow us to get more work done, but we'll be able to focus more on the critical areas first. All right, thank you. Okay. The IT Enterprise Fund accounts for the fiber and cell tower revenues and expenditures. The increase of 8% is mainly due to operating expenditures. As Doug Aikens presented in July, the shift from dollars from the capital to operational expenditures is for our fiber management platform that will allow inventory of assets and the connections related to our fiber network, as well as other needed equipment to allow us to better monitor and manage the network in real time. Questions or comments from uh, city council members? No. Thank you. The solid waste fund accounts for the contract with WastePro. The contract expires in May of 2022, and the city is currently seeking requests for proposals for these services. 
The budget presented assumes an increase of 4.1%, mainly due to the new accounts that have been added. As we move forward with the RFP, the new contract will be updated and council will be updated and the budget will be as needed. Questions? Okay, Director Carl Cody will now present the capital funds. Input is unsure. I like it. <coughs> Prepared. Yes, good morning. I'll, I'll go through the various capital funds. Our first one is our water and wastewater capital fund summary. In the upcoming budget, you know, we have a, a lot of projects in here, many related to capacity improvements. Um, the major one of that is our expansion of our wastewater treatment plant. Two, we also have some well field expansion, some pet main lines. And in addition to capacity projects, we have a lot of infrastructure, repair, replacement, enhancement, such as sewer, gravity sewer pipelining, um, pump station, rehabs, those types of work and extension, you know, mainline extensions. The capital projects fund revenue we show here, you know, the, the bulk of these funds come in are, are from the portion of the county surtax that we collect. There are transfers coming into this fund, um, mainly associated with the public works facility for the fair share of the upcoming fleet facility from utility, stormwater, and building. There was a transfer in here for transportation for some land purchase that will be tied to a roadway project in the future. As far as the expenditures in this particular fund, the majority of the dollars are going towards the first phase of the public works facility. The timing of that will uh, depend uh, upon consultation with our construction management firm and design team, whether we just do site work and then work on the building or we do it together. So we'll be working on a phasing plan over the next fiscal year. The other major project in here is in the information technology capital upgrades. That's to repair, replace a lot of our old, outdated um, equipment that have reached its end of life that serves the, the entire city. And then we have some various facility and building infrastructure upgrades that are necessary at some of our different parks and facilities. The Streets Improvement Fund. This is, we have some dollars coming in here that go into from local fuel tax and state revenue sharing. Um, this is a fund that remains fairly flat, although our expenses go up drastically. The, the main project that's funded uh, out of this fund is our street resurfacing program. Um, this is, as we spoke of in the past, this is an area where we had a dedicated revenue source in the past that had expired, it was a 10-year program, or have sent sales tax went towards resurfacing. Um, since then, we have done minimal resurfacing, but as we know, we have just approved the contract to reanalyze, rescan our streets, put together a long-range plan and forecast, and primarily we put all the dollars towards resurfacing in this fund, and we, we put off sidewalks um, and other projects like that. We do have signals that are getting old that will need dollars. So as time goes on, we're going to be more and more 
need for additional funding, not just for resurfacing, but for those other projects in here. Um, we do have an upcoming budget, dollars to do the pedestrian feasibility study that will address the concerns on Cimarron Drive and other streets like Cimarron Drive in the city. We do have a couple projects in the upcoming budget also to rehab some of the old wire uh, signals, the strain poles we call them, to they are they, they're structurally deficient and we have to go replace those cables across two of the intersections. We're doing two next year and two the year after. The transportation impact fee fund, these are dollars that are that come in. The revenues are they're strictly um, to be used only for capacity enhancements. You can't use these for maintenance activities or rehab. It only can be for adding capacity. Um, our main project we have now is Old Kings Road widening. We Primarily that's funded with a DOT grant. We do have a lot of grants in this fund as well. That project will be wrapping up this fall. Um, we have various other projects in here to move some projects forward or prep them for future enhancement, either with right-of-way acquisition or doing some studies of how the roadway network will get extended over time in the future. The Recreation Impact Fee Fund, again, is another fund where the dollars can only be used for capacity improvements. However, on this particular fund, 30% of those dollars for a project for new capacity have to come from another source. So this is one where we bring in dollars from other areas such as the CRA, the Capital Projects Fund, or other avenues to supplement or pay the existing citizen's share of adding new capacity. In the upcoming budget, we have quite a few projects. Most of them have some grant dollars connected to them. The Lehigh Trailhead, the Long Creek Nature Preserve, Waterfront Park. Um, we, and the other major project in here is the Regional Racket Center. The Fire Impact Fee Fund, again, another capacity fund for only adding capacity. You can see in here we do have our Fire Station 22 replacement, which is only a portion of that will be new capacity. Everything that's existing in size or area of the existing facility, any replacement of that has to use other funding sources, as well as 9.2% of any new capacity has come from another funding source. In the next year's budget, we have some dollars in here to look at Fire Station 22 replacement and a possible alternate site where we can put in our, our prototype station. We also have dollars in here to begin the design work for Fire Station 26 that we'll be looking at updating our prototype fire station design and then implementing that design for that new site. The American Rescue Plan Act Fund has various projects in here. We have um, some dollars for fire equipment light packs. We have a couple stormwater projects and some water and wastewater projects as well. And that's our 100 CRA fund. You can see in the upcoming budget, these are dollars received in the town center CRA that have to be spent within the CRA boundaries. We have some projects in here. We have some transfers out to projects that are occurring within the CRA, such as the Lehigh Trailhead and the Racket Center. Um, we have other dollars in here to pay back the debt service and 
to repay back the, the kickstart program, that incentive program that is ongoing. There were some projects constructed and over time we'll be paying back that fund. Any questions on any of the capital project funds? You, you mentioned that the, um, the, the funds within these capital projects, um, I guess the question is, a normal question would be, how much construction is in progress? In other words, is some of it or not much of it already underway or none of it? Um, we, we have many projects that overlap fiscal years. Um, I do not have a number of those projects offhand, but we, we have many, typically probably more than half probably overlap years. Some we are able to get complete the entire year. Mm -hmm. um, and some are under design and some are under construction. So it's an ongoing overlapping process you know some of these projects take eight to ten years you know on these major road projects and it's my understanding most of the numbers that you just presented are stay within the 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 capital budget in other words they're not free to move to to another budget within the process that we're talking about today they are resigned to stay within the particular uh item that you were presenting heading if if, if you will Correct. Uh, each of those funds have various restrictions and identified uses that they only can be used for. Moving them between funds, it, it cannot be done. Um, it, they, it's very specific on what those dollars can be used for. Specific for what they can actually be spent on, okay. Yes. Yep. Thank you, Carl. Uh, we will now move into your uh, internal services funds. The city has four internal services funds. Basically, this is how we budget for departments that provide day-to-day -day services and support to other city departments. We will review them individually. We will start with position requests. So uh, fleet maintenance is requesting two new positions, a mechanic one and a mechanic three. Uh, facilities maintenance is uh, transferring seven FTEs from Public Works, like we mentioned earlier, that's for the mowing program for city facilities. IT uh, internal services is requesting a new IT support specialist, a transfer from the uh, Economic Development General Fund and half FTE transfer from the city clerk. So we will start with the fleet budget. The fleet department is responsible for maintenance and replacement on all city vehicles and heavy equipment. We have established a replacement program where uh, we save the estimated future cost of a vehicle so that the funds are available when it needs to be replaced. This has been a very successful model to follow because it allows the city to maintain its fleet without resorting to debt. So the fleet fund is increasing. Uh, by 22.9%. Now, this fund fluctuates depending on the capital purchases under the fleet replacement program. As Matt Mansell reviewed with council in your August workshop, the replacement list started with 220 assets. After uh, their review and assessment, they are recommending the replacement of 78 
um, as well as 16 new assets for department needs. The following slide has a little bit more detail, but there is another item on today's agenda to review the fleet purchases with council. As you can see, a little over 600,000 is for new equipment requests and approximately 5.2 million is for fleet replacements, of which 1.9 is white fleet and approximately 600,000 for a fire pumper. The uh, fleet, oops, the facilities fund, Mike? Yes. <laughs> facilities uh, fund is a fairly new fund. This accounts for most of the maintenance on city facilities, excluding parks maintenance, uh, and now the added facilities mowing that we're proposing to move in fiscal year 2022. It is increasing by 52.8%, but that's literally due to the transfer of the mowing crews and their respective operating expenditures to this fund from public works streets maintenance. And if I could ask, sure. The, this is a new fund, the, why was it created? Uh, it's a fairly intent? new fund. I believe it's, uh, this is its fourth year, so it's still growing. And its intent is to um, account for maintenance with city facilities. So as the city uh, brings more facilities online and as our facilities get a little bit older, you know, it was important to capture all of that type of maintenance in one fund, and then it's allocated to all the divisions that are being serviced. This is another new fund, you know, fairly new fund. The IT operations was set up as an internal service fund in fiscal year 2019. This is critical to the day-to-day -day operations of the city. There is one new position requested as well as one and a half position transfers as we went over uh, a little bit earlier. The fund balance appropriation here is due to the use of funds for the critical ERP upgrades that we are transferring from the general fund. The balance of the increase is regular operating expenditures. We will now look at our communications fund. So this is used to account for maintenance and replacement of the emergency management services communications radio. This project was updated just last year, so similar to the fleet replacement program, we started the process of saving for the next upgrade. That's why you see there uh, the bulk of the funds going into that fleet replacement reserve so that in the future when it's time for uh, an upgrade or replacement, uh, the funds are available. And our last internal services fund is the health insurance fund. This is where we account for costs related to our employees' health benefits, includes claims, administrative fees, stop loss insurance, wellness program, and any other related expenditures. Before we move on to special revenue funds, does council have any questions on our internal services funds budgets? Any questions? No. No questions at this time. Thank you. I'll we'll let Gwen go over special revenue funds. Okay, this is a summary of the revenues, overall increase of 5.4%. The next slide has the corresponding expenditures that we will review in detail. 
So the CDBG fund accounts for several programs, including house rehab and CARES assistance to the community. Jose Papa has presented to council in great detail the items that are included in the CDBG plan, and this budget is to support that plan. The Police Education Fund is used for specialized deputy training. These funds are collected from fines within the city through the clerk of courts and then submitted to the sheriff's office. The Disaster Reserve Fund is used to account for any federal assistance, usually associated with hurricanes. More recently, it was used for the CARES funding. The revenues are from previous disasters. It takes a few years to close all project worksheets with FEMA. Council has established a reserve to mitigate the potential cash flow issues that would be created between the occurrence and the actual reimbursement from FEMA. The special revenue or special events fund is funded from the recycling revenue from our solid waste contract. And this is where we account for many of our citywide events, such as our fireworks in the park, holiday parade, Veterans Day, and Arbor Day, among others. Next is the Neighborhood Stabilization Fund. Jose is currently working with the respective state agencies to transfer this to the CDBG program. The Old Kings Road Special Assessment Fund represents assessments collected from the property owners, and it is used to pay back the principal and interest on the loan. The Business Assistance Center are leftover funds that are being expended by September 30th for the Shop Local campaign, and we do not estimate that any of these funds will be carried over to fiscal year 2022. The Developmental Special Projects is used to account for the tree fund expenditures, as well as any project-specific contributions that are received. Any questions on these funds? Okay, our next steps. So we will come back on Thursday, September 9th at 5.30 p.m. for you to adopt the tentative fiscal year budget, millage rate, and the revised fiscal year budget at our first public hearing. The final public hearing will be held on Wednesday, September 22nd at 5.30 p.m. to adopt the final fiscal year 2022 budget and millage rate and those will both be held here at City Hall. So this concludes our presentation. We want to remind the public we set up the fiscal year 2022 budget preparation link on the city's website. This is where we post all of our presentations and any supporting documentation. So does council have any other so further questions? I would first like to thank you again for the diligence the hard work and the professional presentation that you and all have all staff have done over this uh, very long journey. I'm only getting on board at, at the very tail end. Um, I know it's challenging, but I commend you for all the good hard work you've done. And I'm going to take a moment now, and in the in the spirit of of collaboration. I'm going to ask each of the city council members to take a moment take a moment uh, of leadership and offer some comment 
on the budget that you have presented today because all the pieces now seem to be intact. And I'll take the first stab at it. <clears throat> I would very much like to see us reduce the millage rate modestly due to the economic circumstances of the present moment in the history of the city of Palm Coast. I would also like to readdress the number of deputies that we have formulated for this budget. I'm looking to decrease the millage rate modestly and increase the number of sheriff's deputies that we can find room for in our budget. Those are my two overall requests for the budget, knowing that we have a very short timeline left to manipulate and to move things around. I would ask staff to take a serious look at our reserves and our reserve policy to make sure that we aren't being overly conservative. Uh, fiscal conservancy is a, is a wonderful thing to do, but also when you reach um, heights in the market, heights in the, um, in the economy, it may be a good time to invest in what is coming, and we know that we have accelerated growth on the horizon, and some of these expenses may need to be made in advance to take advantage of what's coming and to manage our growth properly. So those are my two comments. I hope they, they offer some form of direction. I would also offer myself um, available to meet with, um, with staff, finance in particular, to go through your questions and uh, um, allow me to reinforce my comments. So we'll do that in the next day or day, days, okay? Then I would ask city council next um, for comments on today's presentation. Thank you again for the presentation. And, uh, you know, I agree uh, with you. Uh, trying to lower the millage rate and trying to get the sheriff's department the men that they need for because of the, the growing here and the crime rate that's growing. Um, that's about it. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, this is Ed Danko. I agree 100% with your comments and I fully support them. I do believe we need to increase our deputy sheriffs and I do believe we need to roll back this millage rate a bit. And I think we can find places to cut and we have an awful lot of new hires that may be a place to start, I don't know, but I am fully on board with what you just said. Councilman Klufus. Absolutely. First, uh, thank you, Helena, Gwen, your entire staff. You always do such a tremendous job ensuring that the council, and I'm speaking for all of us, but again, this is my experience, always always available to speak on any of, a, any of the funds and anything that can be coming to our mind at this time of year. Um, I would say that in my experience, I am <clears throat> very pleased to see that the IT services fund uh, continues to be adjusted, and I hope that uh, these are... I don't want to say realistic um, services that are being provided internally by technology staff, but oftentimes in corporations I see um, it, 
it's not budgeted appropriately because it only takes someone from IT 20 minutes to come and fix something. Oftentimes that's overlooked as, you know, hey, it's, it, it actually didn't take any, any funds from the IT department for that person to come service our things. But I think we have a great feel here with accountability and ensuring that all these things are accounted for so that we can get the appropriate um, work kind of uh, dedicated to who is actually doing what so that we know where our employees are being used. The other thing I noticed are FTEs that are, pr are being split between departments. Historically, I, I've, I have mixed feelings about FTEs that get split more than 50-50. When uh, you start to split FTEs amongst too many things and you say you're going to be here 20-20 and then 60 and a, and a third, uh, that's just difficult to split them you have so many tasks that nothing is important at that point and you're being cut a little bit uh, in too many slices and you become too thin to be effective at any one slice. Um, as far as the uh, sheriff's office is concerned, I'm happy that we we're able to find room in our budget for the six out of ten deputies. I, I think that's a substantial increase in what we have and I would really enjoy being collaborative with our sheriff to have talking points that we can come back to our constituents with on how we're working together to save money and how we can differentiate um, some of our vehicles to to show the people where where money's going. I think that's a great thing, and I and I would wager that everyone can get on board with that. Um, besides that, I'm again thankful that we're able to have such a tremendous finance team, and congratulations on your success at the state level. And as always, your awards speak for themselves. But you guys are tremendous, and thank you. Thank you. And once again, thank you for your <clears throat> work. You've done a pretty good job again. Where to cut? Okay. Uh, I'm one of those that tend to disagree. I think the millage rate should stay the same to give us what we need. I think I could afford, and a lot of people could afford, the millage rate bringing uh, most of the people out there homesteaded. It's in between 16 and $22. At this point, in order to be able to do a lot more, 16 to $22 a year, it's not a lot. Now, why would I like to cut? But unfortunately, I can't, because there are certain groups out there that make us do that. Like the coalition that comes over here that's making us pay 80 or more thousand dollars a year, okay, for security out there that we don't need. Unfortunately, certain groups make us need that. That's what I wish to cut. And if they were my friends, I would actually tell them, whenever you go to meetings, be civil so we don't spend the money there. That's what I would see the money be cut. But unfortunately, we can't. I would have a lot more to say to that. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm more at, uh, I'm better at giving Miranda rights than the math. But this is one thing that we should be able to cut up. But unfortunately, we have people out there, groups that are not connected to me, that come here and make us pay 80 or more thousand dollars a year just in security. Thank you, Governor. That's all I have to say. Yeah, are there any other? Uh comments or questions at uh, this point in time. I would ask each of the council members to, uh, to reach out to, uh, to staff um, regarding the finance department if there are additional questions or thoughts about where you could, this is it. I mean, this is, uh, you know, the, the, the goal line is in front of us. Now is the time if you have any additional input or any question about detailed lines in the budget. Um, I know it's a additional burden on staff, but I'm going to ask you to, to step up and, and be ready for us um, over these next few days to fine tune. And we really do need to get to, uh, to the end of the budget at this point in time. Okay. All right. 
with that, um, we have a second item, a presentation item, which is a, uh, a resolution. And uh, Mr. Reichman, is there a resolution that needs to be read? Uh, not, this is just a workshop, so the title need not be read at this point, Mr. Mayor. Okay, so the resolution is regarding the uh, approving the fiscal year 2022 fleet replacement purchase program and associated purchase orders for fleet vehicles and equipment as approved in the fiscal year 2022 budget. So we do have a presentation. Thank you. Please proceed. Yes, good morning, Mayor, members of Council. Matt Mansell, your Director of Public Works. Uh, this morning I have with me uh, Roger Lachance. He is our fleet supervisor, and I have Mr. Kevin Brinkley, who is the data analyst for Public Works. Uh, so you do have a resolution giving you the details behind our fiscal year 22 uh, replacement uh, fleet and equipment replacement purchases, as well as a few new items. Um, what we'd like to do this morning before you uh, dive into that resolution is to give you some background on our fleet replacement process and uh, what we do for life cycle management of our fleet to ensure that we're the best stewards of our taxpayer dollars when it comes to those assets. So with that, uh, Mr. Brinkley has a presentation for you and we're available for any questions this morning. Well, good morning and uh, thank you again for having us to, to speak about this this morning. I'm Kevin Brinkley. I am the uh, workforce data analyst for the Public Works Department. And in my role, I get to work uh, hand in hand with uh, Roger and his staff uh, on the fleet side of things, uh, working on the asset replacement and life cycle management. Um, and what does that mean? Well, uh, we oversee the turnover and the care of all of the assets in the fleet of the city of Palm Coast. And when we say uh, asset, it's easy for our minds to go to the white pickup trucks that we see driving through the city and, and pulling equipment around. Uh, but in all reality, for us, an asset is defined as anything that is purchased and maintained by our fleet department that is over $5,000 in value. Uh, so on the slide, you can see that there is a fire truck at the top. Uh, that tire fire truck is well over a million dollars, and it is a fleet asset. It is purchased by and maintained by our, our, our fleet staff. In addition, at the bottom, you'll see a, a golf cart that's probably $7,000 in value, and that as well is a, is a fleet asset because it's purchased and maintained by our fleet department. So the, um, the, the number of things that we, we see in the fleet department varies greatly, um, but essentially they are all the tools that we use to serve our citizens and, and keep our city great. Now the city of Palm Coast has over 600 assets made by more than 50 different manufacturers uh, at over $27 million in value. That puts us on par with other municipalities our size here in the state of Florida, and it puts us well behind our neighbor to the north, St. John's County. They have over 850 assets, which is about 30% larger than our fleet. Now, the reason defining something as an asset uh, in the fleet department is, is important is because when we purchase an asset, we also plan for its replacement. Uh, so to use an example, if the uh, building department wanted to purchase a new pickup truck, uh, for a new employee to go around the city and do inspections, uh, the purchase of that truck would come out of the, the building department's funds as a capital expenditure. However, over the lifetime of that vehicle, uh, the department would be paying an annual allocation into a fund uh, that would 
be available at the end of that asset's lifetime uh, for the purchase of the new asset. Now, this really sets us apart from a lot of municipalities because we don't have to rely on any kind of debt service um, for the purchase of our assets. Essentially, we're planning for the replacement while we're using them. So we have a replacement program for all of our assets uh, that has uh, several criteria, mostly revolving around things like age and usage, uh, maintenance and repair costs compared to the, the initial purchase cost of the asset, things like that. Uh, for our white fleet, which are the, the pickup trucks and automobiles, uh, a general rule of thumb is that their, their life cycle is usually about seven to 10 years in age uh, or 100,000 miles of usage. Um, our goal is to identify the optimal spot in each asset's life cycle for replacement. So if you, if you look at that chart there at the top uh, with the red line uh, representing the total cost of ownership for an asset over time, the green line being the depreciation of the asset and the blue line being the operating costs, our objective is to find that point when its, its depreciation begins to drop below the operating costs and the total cost of ownership begins to go up. That's really the optimal uh, point in any asset's life cycle to replace it uh, as, prior to spending a lot of money to maintain it as it's older. Uh, for an example of this, we recently did a study of all of our white fleet here in the city and we found that we spend about three times as much money maintaining uh, vehicles that are over seven years of age as we do maintaining vehicles that are under four years of age. So as the vehicle ages, as it gets uh, more and more used, we're finding that we have to replace parts or it'll get damaged uh, in service to the city. Um, in general, as, as you come to that seven-year crest, uh, you're going to start increasing your, your expenditures on main, maintenance and repairs. <clears throat> now, the life cycle for our equipment varies a little bit more uh, than that of, of uh, vehicles, just because it's um, uh, such a wide variety. Of, of different types of, of equipment. Uh, and it's based more on their utilization uh, than it is on, say, a mileage or, or an age. Uh, generally, our, our equipment pieces are more expensive and larger items, uh, but they tend to last a little bit longer. Uh, this year, over 30% of our recommended replacement budget is composed of, of just a few pieces of equipment. Um, so they, they do add up, they are quite expensive. Uh, on the image that you're seeing here, at the top there's a fire truck and then to the left of that, there's a tractor. And down at the bottom, there is a, a white, uh, it's called a Vacon truck. These are uh, images that represent three pieces of equipment. These aren't the actual pieces of equipment that we're replacing, but they are uh, equipment like that, uh, that we need to replace this year and we have budgeted for. Um, those pieces of equipment all are, are well over uh, $100,000 each, and they're all fairly well aged. Our tractor that we're replacing this year is from 2010 and uh, the fire truck is from 2007, I believe. So uh, the, our equipment varies in life cycle. Then uh, it's a little bit different than the white fleet, but um, the, the, uh, the life cycle, is just, it's just as important for us to manage that life cycle as it is for us to manage the life cycle of our, of our um, vehicles. So this is a, um, an ongoing process. This is something that the fleet department is focusing on all year long. And uh, it's not just something that we do you know, once a year or something like that. It's, it's, a, it's a pulse that it's our responsibility to keep our finger on that pulse of, of each of our assets. So uh, in September through January, we reach out to each of the departments and the, all of the end users for the equipment uh, just to find out how our assets are performing. Um, it's very important for us to get that feedback because 
The person using the equipment each day is going to notice things that maybe one of our mechanics would not notice when it's in the shop uh, and may help cue us to uh, needing to make an adjustment in the expected life cycle for that vehicle or piece of equipment. In January through March, uh, we're going to review, we review a list of assets that are up for replacement. Uh, this list is provided to us by the finance department and it is based on the financial lifespan of, of the piece of equipment or the vehicle. So essentially, we receive a list of vehicles uh, or equipment that have reached the end of their uh, depreciation life cycle. And uh, it's our responsibility then to review each of these and, and determine whether or not uh, it is financially responsible for us to replace that if it's in the sweet spot, um, if we expect the operating costs to begin ticking up, uh, or if we should continue to use it for another cycle or two. Uh, March through June, we're reaching out to each of our vendors to get preliminary quotes on the equipment that is up for uh, potential replacement. It uh, gives us an idea of what the potential budget impacts would be. So we want to get an estimate of what is it going to cost us to replace each of these, and we want to also maintain kind of like an idea of what the market is doing each year, uh, increasing or decreasing, increasing uh, on each piece of equipment. Uh, and then by July, September, we have refined the list down. So this year we started with a list of about 220 assets that we've now refined down to 78 assets that we're recommending for replacement. Uh, we prepared the items for the council agenda. And based on council approval, uh, all purchases will be sent to our vendors prior to September 30th. I have a question. Um on these white pickup trucks, I know I know Ford's coming out with the electric truck that does 300 miles per charge. Are you guys looking into that, or is that something more for the future? Y yes, sir. We, we're definitely analyzing the market as it comes uh, along. This year, we actually looked at the Ford uh, hybrid pickup truck because they are available on contract uh, for FY22. The full electric pickup truck is not quite available to market for fleet sales uh, for this year, but it'll be uh, looked at for incorporation in our fleet. I know that's in line with one of the council priorities, and, and we're uh, looking to leverage that for full electric vehicles, and we've also onboarded quite a few hybrid uh, vehicles over the past two fiscal years. It's still going to be a while for those lightnings to come out. Ford just adjusted their production for 2023 to be 80,000 units, and there's only 40,000 units being produced next year, so it'll be a while for the lightnings. It's good to be looking at it right now. That's how you see the future, and not a tunnel vision. That was very good. And probably like a charging station, a solar charging station for these. Yep. Correct. As part of the uh, council priority, we, we're incorporating the infrastructure part of it because if we were to onboard electric vehicles at this point, we don't have um, adequate uh, infrastructure to charge those vehicles either at our maintenance facility or throughout the city at our uh, you know, city facilities. So it's a lot of trips to Wawa. <clears throat> it might be good uh, to start um, putting something in there in the in the future uh, site for the public works. Yep. Yes, sir. That's an excellent uh, question, Mr. Borosa. It actually speaks to my next point, which is uh, one of the key takeaways: is that we're always analyzing market conditions uh, related to our assets and our life cycles and, and what the future may hold, uh, attempting to keep our finger on the pulse. Um, we're always communication with other uh, municipalities here in the state of Florida, trying to find bright spots in what they're doing and things that we can implement here as best practices for us. Uh, and then ensuring that we're being the best stewards possible of our, of our taxpayers' investment in the city assets. A good example of that is, is that uh, by us getting our orders out to our vendors prior to September 30th, uh, we're actually ensuring that all of our purchases for these 78 assets occur utilizing fiscal year 2021 um, numbers. 
And why that's important is that because each year, as of October 1st, uh, October 1 each year, the negotiated contracts that we piggyback off of for all of our purchases uh, generally increase in value or increase in, in negotiated price. And this year, across the board, the numbers that we're hearing are generally between 6 to 15% is what we can expect as a, as a baseline increase uh, due to you know, supply chain disruptions, inflation, a number of, of factors. But uh, by everybody doing the work ahead of time and, and by council um, taking a, a look at this early and, and by us uh, all being prepared, we're able to purchase the assets that we'll be receiving next year utilizing 2021 numbers and essentially uh, saving 6 to 15% on each one of the purchases. Uh, another example of that would be, um, as Mr. Mansell mentioned, attempting to reduce our fuel consumption by uh, analyzing the fleet that we're using here in the city. Maybe we have pickup trucks or larger SUVs that are doing mostly city driving, stop and go traffic, uh, all on paved roads. We don't need off-road capabilities for them uh, or even large engines. We're actually switching those out to uh, a good example would be the Escape hybrid model. Um, EcoBoost. In, in, attempting to reduce our fuel consumption and actually maintenance and repairs is less expensive on those models as well. So in summary, uh, we uh, prepare for each year's asset uh, or each asset's eventual replacement. This year we reviewed over 200 uh, assets and we're planning for the future needs of our employees and our citizens and uh, we recommend approval uh, of the replacement for these 78 assets on our, our list for fiscal year 22. And Mr. Mansell or Mr. Lachance, has anything you'd like to add? So again, uh, Mr. Mayor and members of council, um, the, the item before you today uh, it, for your approval will be uh, presented at the September 22nd workshop for final approval. Uh, I would like to take a moment though and thank Mr. Roger Lachance and his staff for all of the hard work that they put into uh, this each year and Mr. Brinkley for bringing quite a bit of analytics to it uh, for the first year. Uh, th this time around. Uh, as you saw on, I think it was slide two, we have over 600 assets. We also have about around 700 uh, pieces of small equipment that Mr. Lachance's staff uh, is responsible for maintaining each and every day to make sure that our staff has uh, the tools that they need in the field to support our citizens. So definitely thank you, Mr. Lachance, and, and please pass that on to your staff. Yep. Uh, just a quick question. One, thank you, thank you a lot for bringing data and analytics into the picture here. This is awesome for fleet replacement uh, strategies. My question is, on the macro level, you have a strategy, obviously, to replace our fleet every seven to ten years, hundred thousand miles. Is there a response to strategy modification because of uh, micro? Um, economic events like the semiconductor shortage that you're talking about for instance like hey we can try to sell a bunch of our used vehicles for more money than we could probably get for them in the future but dealing with it in this context i would imagine that we're much more prudent and we're kind of laying out a longer term plan there's no response to micro events it's more of a macro strategy right so so council mcluffus you're asking a, the question who's the used car guy in the group yeah, right. Yeah, used car prices are crazy right I, now. I will pass this over to Mr. Brinkley, but I will say we, we use uh, both strategies. So we look at current market conditions, and we do realize that there are better times than others to uh, auction our used vehicles yeah. uh, to reinvest that uh, residual value. But, uh, Mr. Brinkley, you did look at some of that this year, correct? It, it is a, mic uh, a macro strategy with micro adjustments. Yeah, and, and just like you mentioned, we are seeing year-over-year improvement in the amount that we're getting back at auction uh, across the board. We can average about 10% more at an auction. And, and in some asset cases, you're seeing 
mean, insane. Like if it's a certain type of truck with a certain type of motor, the return on it is, is ridiculous. Um, Excellent. Awesome. That's great to hear. It's take advantage of whatever we can out there. So thank you. So just piggybacking on that, if I may, is there an opportunity because of the severe shortage in the used vehicle market right now to buy into a contract? I'm thinking almost like a futures market um, where you've got uh, buyers that will contract with you to buy because we already know when our vehicles are going to retire. I mean, you guys have a, a great system. So we know what we're bringing in. We also know what we're retiring. Is there a way to lock in those high prices at this time? Is there a market out there for these used vehicles? Um, there's a big. Is market, it worth looking at? Big market for used vehicles, but of course it's um, it's taxpayer dollars. So they kind of got to be offered at public auction to everyone. <coughs> so there's okay. people from all over the place that that buy our vehicles. I know the the timing of that would be difficult as well because. We don't auction off the, uh, the old asset until we've received the new one. So uh, a lot of times we'll get a build date and uh, you know that, that okay. can uh, move left or right a little bit depending on availability uh, from the dealers. Uh, this year we're actually expecting a little bit more of a lag. I think uh, we're, you know April, May build dates is what we're looking at right now. Um, but uh, I think more to your point, timing that, uh, timing that uh, residual value reinvestment uh, is very important and if we can uh, kind of leverage that market right now we, we had one experience over the past few months where we saw more than double our expected return right. on a uh, on a work truck uh, um, so and and I think we're seeing those uh, more in the 10 to 15 percent range but Absolutely. that was one of the extremes so good. congratulations on that we, we all appreciate that very very much very good any other questions or comments from uh, a city council at this time? I think we're in good hands. Uh, I make no secret of it. Public works, it's dear to me, okay? Because I went there once at the very beginning and I saw what I saw and I took it for myself to make sure that you guys are gonna have the conditions you need to work, okay? And I'm pretty sure that we're going that way. Keep up the good work, please. And if we don't need it, we don't need it. But when we need it, we need it. Appreciate Thanks. that very much. Gentlemen, thank you for your presentation. We look forward to seeing you at uh, the next uh, business meeting when you present. Thank you very much. Thank you. We, we have no comments today, do we? I, 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 it's, it's public. I just, I just would like to, once again, ask people out there, please, 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 get vaccinated. Take those masks. We lost over a dozen people in one week right here in, in, in Palm Coast. Please, let's take this serious. Please, in the name of everybody, let's take this serious. And as to the city masks, they're beautiful, but they short on me. If I wear one of those, I look like Dumbo. My ears will come to my nose. So uh, I don't think it's proper for me, but I wear the ones. Until they make the bigger ones, I'll just get it. Thank you for the, the masks. Thank you. That's it. Okay. With that said, I, <clears throat> I'm just going to close the meeting with one, one comment. Um, We buried a, uh, a police officer yesterday, a police officer in, uh, in Daytona. Um, his name was Officer Rayner. Um, I just want all of us here in Flagler to remember the moment and take just the half a moment of silence to, uh, to say, uh, wish him well and to, to say goodbye, if you would, please.
Thank you for that remembrance. And with that, I will uh, ask for a, a motion to motion adjourn. Motion to adjourn this meeting. Very good. Second. Second. Very good. We are adjourned.